Hi, welcome to the Car Measurables podcast. My name is Advita Patel. I'm Trudy Lewis. And I'm Jenny Field. Welcome to this week's episode. Today in our new section, we've just been chatting about how weird everything is at the moment and how some of us aren't really sleeping or how we've got this kind of back to school thing going on and trying to find new routines and we were just chatting about it and thought this will be what we will talk about in our weekly news today (laughs) because we think it's happening for a lot of people this the change uh, that's come with things opening back up here in the UK kids being back to school and just life feeling a bit more normal, which is a word that we haven't really used very much. And then how we adjust and adapt to that. And I know Advita, you were listening to a podcast yesterday that was um, gave you some joy and resonated with you. Did and of course it's it's our our best friend of uh, <laughs> our future best friend, uh, Brené Brown. She did a her podcast is back out. Dare to lead. If you haven't heard any of her podcast episodes, I highly recommend them. They are incredible, the Dare to Lead ones and the, what's the other ones called? Unlocking um, Us. Yeah, unlocking Us. Us. Yeah, both of them are brilliant. But yesterday's podcast was was with Amy Cuddy, another woman who I respect in the field of work that she does. And Amy Cuddy is the woman who spoke about the power pose. Remember the power pose? You put your yes. hands on your your waist and you to build confidence and you know to, before you go in we're all doing it now all doing it you should do it it works um I think and she's if you haven't read Amy's book called Presence uh, it's a great book to read uh, also she has got a few TED talks uh, around her book and the subject around presence and building confidence stuff like that anyway I digress the episode was around <laughs> as usual <laughs> the, uh, the episode was around why the pan- why this stage of the pandemic is making us a bit anxious and I know because I know this is going to resonate with quite a few folks just because I did a and this is not an exact science at all but I did a little mini poll on Twitter uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago I asked like is there is are people feeling quite like intense like it just feels quite intense right now and it's like 97 percent I think said yes like out of 100 I think um, that that did the poll and I thought oh my goodness like it is there is something going on and I've struggled like I've spoken to both Jenny and Trudy and a few other folks about struggling to sleep I'm not like I'm self-diagnosing like insomnia but I am really struggling to sleep I have had problems with sleeping when my mind gets busy and Amy's and Brené's podcast yesterday spoke about how how can we manage this this just this really heaviness that's going on at the moment you know it's, it's September we're kind of coming out of Covid the Covid's not really finished with there's a lot of anxiety going on and there's a word I was just looking for the word that she's and it's, it's called the pandemic flux syndrome she's calling it which I just thought was brilliant and this and I won't spoil it all because I do think it's worth having a listen to but they're talking through some stages how to kind of build this agency of not going through this urgent decision making that we tend to be doing like it's quite knee-jerky at the moment like we feel like we need to do something right now because if we're not then why are we wasting our time and I think the pandemic has made lots lots of us folks kind of think are we doing what we want to do are we leaving this kind of legacy that we want to leave are we are we going you know towards our purpose these are really big questions and I think a lot of this is really making a few folks anxious including myself because I think the pandemic has given us time to think and reflect and now we're kind of going back to I'm using the quotes normal because we're not really but you know what I mean going out and Mm. meeting different people and getting back into the office and those kind of things 
I think a lot of people are just struggling with it. Mm. And I just I just think it's really interesting. And so do listen to it because they do share some top tips and techniques and that. But what, how, how about both of you? How are you doing with it? I'm doing okay. I do have this whole like back to school feeling in September, which is weird, obviously. But I think most of us feel like that because we get so indoctrinated by school. Um, so I was feeling quite sort of buoyant at the beginning of September of sort of ready to, you know, back to school, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then this week... I just feel like I can't find a routine. And I love Matt Haig's quote. He uses it quite a lot about finding a routine that's baggy enough to live in. I think it's what he says. And I really like that. Oh, I love that. And I, and I can't find one that's baggy enough. <laughs> it's just, it's just nothing. Um, and I think it's a combination of things for me. It's, it's every quarter. And I, I've said this a few times on our podcast, where we've talked about productivity and things over the last year or so and every quarter I kind of have to revisit my my structure and my routines whether it's the time I start work the time I finish where I'll have my calls what I do each day and I'm probably just at that point again of okay I need to revisit this again because it's not quite working and it's things like fitting in all of the the gym classes I want to do so it's working out when I can see my PT and working out when I can get to different classes and then also fitting in seeing people and seeing friends that you might not have seen for a while because now you can and the world opening up again so the life isn't just setting up my desk and on calls it's you know can you come to Birmingham for a dinner and a conference and can you come to London for this meeting and can you come here and it's like oh god I haven't I haven't had to think like this for for a while and it is just that change of 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 thinking and then how I can sort of stay on top of that a bit so that's that's kind of where I am. So I, I'm in the process of working with the people around me, like my PTs and, and people that I work with to, to kind of recontract and reset what the next quarter or what the last quarter of the year is going to look like for me in terms of ways of working. And I'm I'm trying to be kind to myself and give myself time to work through that rather than trying to rush into trying to find something because I you know, feel like I've got to find it. I think it's giving yourself that that time. So that's that's where I am this week. How about you, Trude? probably about the same (laughs) so (laughs) it's 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 been it's been an interesting time for me just August I thought was going to be uh more chilled and it wasn't so it was busier so I didn't get that time to to decompress and to figure out some of the things that I wanted to get done in September so although there is that sense of back to school feeling it wasn't a hit the ground running type feeling. It was more a, oh my God, I've got to catch up. (laughs) And I think uh, for many of us, uh, we've had, we've almost put our lives on pause throughout the whole of the pandemic. And perhaps this is what the podcast alludes to, that people have just kind of been on pause for a long time, navigating through a very difficult time. And and now it's, we feel like we're coming a little bit out of the other, other side of it. So we're having to catch up. So catch up for me means resetting a few things that I used to do, putting together a t- I thought this morning that I would put together a proper timetable in my diary. So I'm very, very clear about the things that I'm covering throughout a day or throughout the week and, and really being conscious that I need to not tire myself out and not be overwhelmed by all of it as people begin to invite you out more and you have to figure out, should I go? Should I not go? You know, Mm. (laughs) and, and so on and so on and so on. So it's, so it's to manage the anxiety or to manage the kind of stress levels. It's how am I going to manage my time? And that's, that's pretty much the space I'm in at the moment with massive to-do lists, working out what's a priority, what's not a priority, what type of relaxing things can I fit in to make sure, because I didn't, I didn't actually have a proper holiday apart from our comms retreat 
so, so then it's kind of what else can I do to make sure that I'm looking after myself and I'm mm-hmm. not getting over overtired. So that's where I am. It's, it's kind of, yeah, an interesting, busy time trying to figure out how to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot, like you said, it. you talked about things being a bit intense and things. I feel like there's, there's a lot coming at us at the moment in lots mm. of, you know, and it, it's, and I don't know what that is. And I remember last year I talked about how my husband and I kind of went away in in quotes for the weekend and we we changed our television to a beach scene and it but it was a video thing it's called like silent watcher on youtube or i think something like that and it was just a repeat of of the ocean and the waves and we had some classical music on and we were kind of reading and doing puzzles because everyone knows i love a puzzle now and it it was it was a really lovely weekend kind of we went away on the friday and came back sort of sunday night but it was a real time to kind of just stop and kind of stop being oversensitized if you like to everything that's around you and I, I I'm at that point of I feel like I want to do that again yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need another you know weekend away but actually I could go to the beach now but it's also I actually don't want I want to just be at home but be quiet and I don't feel like I've kind of had that and I think that's coupled with with lots going on I know Trudy you've had a few friends weddings I've had a, a friend's wedding yeah. <laughs> you know, you've had family parties like all the things that have been moved and shifted mm-hmm are all kind of coming together all at once and I know even from being at the wedding venue I was at the other week they were just saying it's, it's just you know, usually there's a bit of a respite between them but it's just this constant stream constant. Yeah. because everyone's mm. had to rebook and reschedule and maybe that's what it is maybe it's just everything we've have been on pause doing is now all coming to a head yeah and the three of us are going I don't want to no <laughs> But then also when you add current events, you know, some of the things that are happening in the news and some of the things that are happening, you know, for our work lives as well. So, you know, it's it's that kind of barrage of stuff at yeah. us at this September that we're like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> how are we going to yeah. cope? It's a world of flux, as Amy and Brené was were calling it on the podcast yesterday when I heard of it. And it is about, you know, what, what, what both of you have said is about that kind of taking it you know taking it slow don't not giving yourself too much of a hard time finding those moments of calmness being a kind person (laughs) you know appreciating that a little bit more and sadly I do think that this is just the way the world is now right there's constant change adaption there's lots going to be happening I don't think you know the pandemic is going to always exist in some way or not and it's going to be long-term effects of that and we just don't know what's going to come so we have to I suppose put those boundaries in place for ourselves, you know, appreciate that, you know, you don't need to make decisions straight away, take your time. And if you're not ready, then you're not ready. And that's okay. Like, don't give yourself too much of our time and do what makes you feel more comfortable and ready to, you know, crack on and do what you need to do. I think that's, that's quite important. Yeah. I think it's going back to some of the techniques that we've all used over the last 18 months as well. Like I went out for a walk this morning and that's, made me feel much better yeah, you know just getting out helps. and I haven't done that for you know if I actually think mm. oh, I haven't been out for a walk for a good sort of few weeks even though it was just I had to go to the post office it's like I'll go to the post office and do the walk and and I was out for probably 40 minutes but it was it was lovely and I had the silence which is what I I wanted I did have a quick phone call on, as part of it but it was also just having that quiet time and I I think that's what I need is a walk and a bit of quiet time to just reset a bit so it's going back to those things that I've done before 
and bringing yeah. them sort of forward now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well, we hope well. everyone else that's listening is feeling okay. <laughs> you know, let us know. Get in touch with us if you, you know, want to chat about anything. We've we've done episodes on productivity, resilience, imposter syndrome, all sorts of stuff. So lots to listen to back over the seasons as well. But this episode you're listening to today is all about productive disagreements. Ooh. I think it's quite a long one. So I will uh, I will leave it with you and hope you enjoy listening and don't forget to um, check out our website which is calmedgerebels.com if you want to find out more and get in touch if you want to find out more about how you can work with us you can visit our website which is calmedgedrebels.com here you can find out more about each of us individually and it will also give you links to our own websites which are colinear.co for trudy commsrebel.com for Advita and redefining comms for me, Jenny. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Carmage Rebels. And you can also follow us individually on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. So if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about productive disagreement. And I know what you might be thinking, what kind of nonsense is she talking about right now? But it is something that I've been reading about recently. Correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone is listening and, you know, Trudy and Jenny will obviously interject in in a while. But I was doing some research around curious conversations, actually, which then led me to read a lot about productive disagreement, which I loved. And just to kind of give you a bit of an insight, productive disagreement is when two parties or or more than two parties enter a conversation with a mutual outcome in mind, right? So normally as human beings, we enter a disagreement or a debate in the hope that we would win. And we're actually almost trained that way as well, aren't we? I remember when we used to have kind of debates in, in history lessons and lessons at school and RE and all that where we used to be pitched against us about winning and that you know that kind of mentality but productive disagreement is more about being open-minded enough to walk into a conversation to come up with the best outcome not necessarily to win the argument and I wanted to talk about this subject because I've been kind of observing a lot of conversations recently because there's been lots going on in the media which has split opinion you know, rightly so, otherwise it'd be really boring if everybody agreed with the same thing. But I do think that when I kind of question why some people haven't spoken out publicly about something and have messaged me privately, you know, I'd often get things like, oh, I didn't want to really, I didn't want to get into a debate about it, to be honest, or, oh, I didn't want to get into an argument. It's always seen as a bit of a negative thing to get involved in something that you may not agree with or that point in question really to be honest and I know and, and we spoke about this slightly offline when we we're discussing this topic and I know Jenny said you know but the hierarchy is there for a reason to an extent you know would you you don't want to argue with you know leaders are there and experts are there to to kind of come up with the answers sometimes and we need that and I completely agree that is definitely there but there have been incidents and case studies and even in my own personal experience where if somebody had actually gone into that conversation trying to come up with a solution together the crisis could have been avoided and and I'm talking about 
the power play, right? So when a leader comes up with an answer to a question and you don't agree with what they're saying, we may feel like we can't enter that conversation because they're going to think we're disruptors or we're rocking the boat or they know better than what I know or I don't want to be in a debate, I don't want to get into an argument, I don't want them to think, you know, and what they're saying is wrong. And if we'd shifted our mindset a little bit and we're a little bit more about, you know, I want this to be a productive disagreement, so I want to kind of understand a little bit more about where they're coming from. I want to share my point of view. I want to share data, stats, and insight that backs up my case. I want to hear their point of view and their data, stats, and insight. And together, we should be able to come up with a solution that works across the board. We just don't seem to enter those kind of conversations as frequently, I think, uh, as we should. And I do think it stops people progressing in that conversation or it starts people having more richness of the of the conversations because you just don't want to kind of you know upset people I think and, and I know this we're quite closed off with social media that it always seems like to be a massive argument but it is quite narrow social media we have to remember that and I, and I think I believe that if we're a little bit more open to changing our mindset about the way we enter debates and discussions we could have a bit more of a productive organisations and more productive businesses that would allow people to collaborate much better than maybe than what they're doing today. So that was a very long winded introduction to productive <laughs> disagreement. And I am going to share some resources in the show notes to kind of give you some a little bit more insight if you are interested in, in learning more. But I suppose my question to both of you, and I'll take it to Jenny first, is what are your thoughts on you know, do you enter a conversation or a debate in the hope that you're going to win that? Or do you enter that debate? I, I, I might. Oh, <laughs> I think, I think loaded this is a really, question. A very loaded question, I know. <laughs> or, do you, or do you actually think, actually, I want to, I do actually am genuinely interested in hearing their point of view. You know, what, what are your thoughts? It depends what the conversation is. So, and, and I do think that, that when I did jury service a few years ago, it really helped me understand this kind of concept really which I didn't realize had a name until we started talking about this episode because you're in jury service you're thrown together with lots of people that you don't know and you have to reach a consensus and and an agreement and you have to be able to discuss and you have to be open and and honest about that that you're discussing someone else's else's future and I, I still remember that the conversation we had where you know we sort of went around the table and everybody said where they were at in terms of you know guilty not guilty and everyone was was agreeing and then it got to me and I, I I didn't agree with with where they were and then you know we had a really good conversation and it was a it was a good discussion productive disagreement it was it was it was it was really good and I I didn't go into that with a view of I've got to convince everybody else that I'm right it was more this is kind of where I'm coming from and I'm really happy to have the debate and I think over time for me as I've either just grown up or I've I've done a lot more reading and, and research I'm definitely a lot more curious in the nature of the work that I do around getting to the root cause of chaos in organizations. I have to be curious and I have to be really interested to, to find out what's going on really in order to, to kind of solve that. That's not going into that to, to, to be right or wrong. But then I also think there are some things that we do have to feel strongly about and want to convince people that you are right and I and I I think it's a tricky line isn't it because there are some things where I think no I am I am right about this for example you should have a a a diverse group of people on your speaker lineup I don't really feel like that needs to be a debate (laughs) Um, (laughs) and yet it still is so I think 
that's where I, I that's where I suppose I struggle because to me that's clearly I write and clearly I'm going to come into this with with trying to 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 get you into that mindset rather than having a big debate about the pros and cons of things because quite frankly that's boring so I think that's where I suppose it's tricky isn't it it depends what the context is of what you're we're trying to do and I think it also depends on you as a person and what are your values and beliefs and, and a lot of those core things about you that you stand for that you are okay with or not okay with and, and even if I think about things like the vaccine and you know you've got a, a lot of people that are very anti-vaccine and a lot of people that are very pro and, and I'm I mean I've had my vaccine I'm, I'm very grateful to the scientists and I'm very supportive of, of doing that I know people who are very anti-vaccine does it make me dislike them no am I happy to have a conversation and quite a good debate about each side of that yes and interestingly, when I've spoken to them about it, they really welcome that conversation and find it very strange that they can have a conversation that isn't coming from a place of anger or isn't coming from someone trying to change their mind. And and that, I think, is something that I just I think it's quite good to have conversations about having different views, because otherwise the world will be a very boring place if we all agreed. So I think there's lots in there about context and topic and, and also your relationship with the people that you're talking to. You know, this is where social media is so dangerous because we don't know these people and you've just got a few words or a video and that's not really enough to to be able to have that discussion and, and conversation, really. Oh, good. Look, I rambled on there as well. This is clearly a topic that we're going to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is going to be detailed. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Trude? Ask me the question again. <laughs> and I had rambled on. In terms of, you know, I suppose on Jenny's point as well about when you're when you're entering a debate and it is a loaded question though it is but when you're entering a debate or a conversation where where's your mindset in that you know in terms of do you believe I should say that people enter the conversations to win or do you genuinely think that oh you know I I really want to hear that person's point of view I I think most of us want to win the argument most of us who if we are going to get into a discussion and have strong views it's it's interesting you both mentioned social media and I think what social media allows us to do to a certain extent which I don't necessarily 100% agree with is have an anonymous or at least a distanced disagreement so you can actually voice your opinions right or wrong at a distance and if you're the type of person who doesn't get affected by trolls or doesn't get affected by people who have negative comments, then you're fine. But if you are probably like me, (laughs) you avoid any of these types of things. But I, I think I love debating. I like to hear opinion. There is a part of me that loves to win. However, I'm very conscious that I don't have the answer and that other somebody else might have an opinion that is opposed to me, that if they can justify, if they can explain it clearly, if it makes, if it makes some sense and can can debunk my argument, then maybe I need to rethink what I'm so adamant about. There are some things, like Jenny said, that are set in stone that you're like, absolutely, you know, I'm sticking sticking to my guns, but it doesn't mean that I can't hear somebody else's opinion you know, for me, it would be about maybe religion and and so on. You know, somebody else can come from a different background and I can have a very, very respectful, solid conversation with them about what they believe, what they think. 
how they act as a result of that, what they wear, you know. And I think society has to be, we have to be a lot more open. I think it's really important for us to, to look at some of those motives in terms of how we get into a conversation. So if your motive is, I just want to be heard, I want people to just listen to me and, and I just want to put across my point, that's fine, but you're not going to have a really good debate conversation. And if you're going to, if you're going to say, well, actually, I want to understand somebody else's point of view and I want to come to a good result, a bit like what you're talking about with the jury service, you had to come to a result and it had to be a consensus. So the time had to be taken to have those disagreements, whether they were comfortable or not. And I think that's another thing that we hate. We hate, hate uncomfortableness. So we don't talk about these, talk about the issues that are hard, but we equally don't step up and challenge where we need to challenge. So my, yeah, I kind of think it's, I'm in there to hear more opinion and people's thoughts on things and and something different because as I said I don't have although I wish I did I don't have the answers for everything <laughs> <laughs> I want to know everything no I'd be and, very rich if I did I but. know well this is the thing I do think the professions that with all three of us are in it does allow us to be more curious about the you know about other people and other people's opinions and we are a little bit more I'm not saying okay I'm just talking about us three because we can only talk about what we know right but I do think there's an element of humility that we have to put in place about some of the conversations we have with others and the reason we mentioned social media because I do I do think that social media has brought the world closer in terms of opinions and thoughts and you know before social media we probably wouldn't even know what Bob from you know Texas thought about <laughs> some <laughs> diversity and inclusion for example you know and we probably did give a could say some bad word then and then we would have to flip it give a hoot hoot about what Bob from Texas says but I do think that we are in this kind of world where we feel like there's a line there's a balance right I do think about where we contribute our energy I suppose and there are some things on social media that you just don't need to get involved in or you don't feel like you you should be getting involved in because it's you're not the expert or the specialist or even have the interest in that area and that's okay when I started to dig a little bit deeper into productive disagreement was some of the crises that have been that came out of people not being able to step into that conversation because they've been worried about being seen as troublemakers as I said before and one story that sticks to mind and Matthew Saeed who is going to be our new person that we're going to talk about every episode probably because <laughs> we've all kind of read his books and, and and like his thinking in some in some aspects but Matthew Saeed um, the author of Rebel Ideas and he also wrote Black Box Thinking He's, he talks about a case study or a story, which is a quite well-known story, I think, is about the pilot and the engineer. The pilot's landing gear is, is not coming, it's not working. And he could have landed the plane with the passengers on board, but it would have been risky, but and it, it could have been risky. And this, the, the loss of life was probably pretty limited, but it was risky. So he decided instead to keep circling the airport until he could figure out what the problem was. However, the engineer knew that the fuel consumption was quite low and didn't really want, and he kind of mentioned it quite quite briefly, I think, to the pilot, but the, because the pilot is seen as the leader and the person who makes that decision, not necessarily the expert on how much, the, I mean, there should be, in my opinion, but maybe at this case, he wasn't quite the expert. The engineer didn't feel like he could speak up to the pilot and say the fuel is going to 
the fuel's going to run out soon if we don't land the plane, you know, mm. and, and what's what's worse. And he didn't say it. And sadly, all passengers on that on that flight lost their life um, because the pilot didn't have the confidence or, or not even the confidence, but he didn't want to have that discussion. You know, what's the right thing to do? Should we land the plane without the landing gear or should we keep circling until we figure out the problem is and then maybe the landing gear might work? That discussion debate didn't even happen between the pilot and the engineer because the pilot thought the engineer, you know, the engineer thought the pilot's going to think that 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 leader is going to think I'm being involved in something that I should, probably shouldn't be getting involved in because he's a leader. Uh, and, and at Jenny's point before Jenny, when you said, yeah, but sometimes, you know, leaders are right. This is the reason why the leaders, you know, they're they're appointed to make the decision in the right way. But what do we do? And this would be interesting because I'm pretty certain there'll be listeners who are who are hearing what we're talking about today who know, and I do think in communications in particular, when we come up with guidance and advice to our leaders, we're often, it, it, often it's not taken in on board or we have an influence in the right way and they don't think we're saying the right thing and they go ahead and do what they want to do anyway. But what do we do or what, what do you think we should be doing to get those leaders to kind of understand where we're coming from, I suppose? You know, how, how do we engage in this kind of productive disagreement and and encourage our leaders to have this conversation with us the pilot story is is interesting because everybody died didn't they that was that was involved so you know we don't know what actually happened in there and we don't know the relationship between the engineer and the pilot we don't know there's a lot of stuff that I think we don't know in that and I think it is a great story and it's one I've read you know a few times and I think it it proves the point we're trying to make but I also think there are lots of things that that sit around that and when I read The Fearless Organisation by Amy Edmondson as well, there's 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 stuff in there that brings in this sort of hierarchy piece, which is why I kind of say, yes, but there is there is this hierarchy. And, and a lot of the examples where we talk about this being able to, to point things out to leaders are examples in places where there is more hierarchy than others, like, you know, a pilot and an engineer or the military, you know, where, where there is this hierarchy that exists and that does make things slightly more challenging so I think when I talk about the fact that you know the hierarchy is there for a reason for me you know I know leaders don't always have all of the answers but there has to be a a respectful relationship both ways there uh, in order for there to be any influence or in order for there to be any discussion around you know have you maybe considered could it possibly maybe could we just look at the fuel kind of thing you know that you've got to be much firmer than that if there is something that you think is going to cause cause an issue and I think that's probably the bit that we don't focus on enough so even if we're looking at how we can have you know better conversations and debates you've got to be a bit stronger in your in your viewpoint and in what you want to say and I I know that's easier said than done sometimes, and some of this might come come back to confidence and things like that. But if you're being slightly apologetic about something, or is it could we possibly maybe have you considered or thought about, you know, or oh, just you know maybe this and sorry to be a bother, and that's never going to get someone to think this person knows what they're talking about, and I need to listen to them because they've got something important to say. Now that's not to say that everybody's got to go in and, and behave in the same way, but there is something about how we approach things and how we approach that conversation and how prepared we are for that conversation that I think will determine the outcome of that and I think that's 
where maybe we don't focus so much on that side and we seem to focus more on the leaders whereas actually I think it's probably a a little bit both ways plus you know the pilot could have been an absolute egomaniac that people have said stuff to in the past and he's nearly chopped their head off you just don't know and and, and we've all worked with leaders like that right we've all worked with leaders where you just think god this I can't possibly even say anything they're just gonna have to hang themselves and so be it because they're not interested it happens I think risk comes involved is involved in this as well. So how high is the risk? Mm. So if I don't raise the disagreement, what's going to happen? Or what do I think is going to happen? Because obviously it's your assumption, unless you've got the facts 100%, a bit like that engineer. I, I guess it would be, I have to weigh up. How important is it for me to raise this issue with that particular leader? Because at the end of the day, if it's really important, I will find something to get his attention. So within the conversation, we we have to use reason to, to attract the attention that, that we need from that leader to say, look, you need to listen to what I'm saying. And even if he listens and feels that his hands are tied, can't, sorry, I keep saying he, but you know. Oh, there, I can say true. There, there, yes, true. sorry, shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> But no matter how difficult that particular leader might be, if you come at it with a with a reason, with reasoning and with the risk in mind, I think that helps you to, to have a little bit more courage to actually step forward. So if the risk is high, you'd be a bit like, do you know what? I know they might not listen to me, but I really need to get this out. I really need to say this, even though it's not going to be a popular conversation. So there is there is so much there in terms of perhaps being a bit more measured how you approach these disagreements or these conversations and the the the, the key word for me within the whole of that is productive what are you going to get out of it isn't it it's it's like mm. why am i raising this am i am i going to get something quite sensible out of this that is going to make some kind of difference because if i don't have this disagreement I mean, I've been in meetings with people who just waffle on a disagreement for the sake of it, rather than actually this is going to add value to this piece of decision making, this 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 particular piece of the strategy. It's going to add value. But I've been in places where people have felt I need to hear, you know, they like the sound of their own voice, maybe. And they've been a bit like. I need to speak up. And you think, well, yeah, you do, but you've just put a disagreement there that might not cause us to end up with a decision. And because of that, has it been productive? And, and so I, you know, I'm I'm all for having the disagreements. I think we have to have healthy debate about almost everything that we can have healthy debate about. There is such an important need for there to be respect within the whole of that. When you look at, say, for instance, that engineer, and we, as as Jenny said, we don't know the circumstances. It's what else could he have done apart from speaking to him directly? I mean, I've gone as far as getting somebody else to be the front person to talk about something because I know that they wouldn't accept it from me. And I've coached them into, well, this is what you need to say. This is what the issue is. You need to, you need, and this is what I'm thinking. And from doing it that way, you slightly get a win or, it, or or you achieve something out of it. So, so yeah, there are loads of elements to this particular I, subject. <laughs> I, think the, I think the common theme here seems to be that whole respect, right? And I think mm. 
it is about entering a conversation with anybody with that element of respect there. Mm. And one of the TED Talks, which I want to share in the um, show notes by a woman called Julia, Julia Dar, D-H-A-R, she talks about productive disagreement and finding common ground and what that means. And she, she, she goes into organisations encouraging folks to have debate and to have conversations and not have this command and tell approach, which doesn't help with innovation doesn't help with productivity it doesn't even help with diversity inclusion and equity either you know because you you're kind of leading by fear almost like Jenny you know said before that pilot could have been a right egomaniac and nobody wanted to ever speak to him because he was just going to bite your head off or you know cause trouble for you if you if you if you thought that you were going to be somebody who was not going to agree with what he had to say but Julia's TED talk is all about how you can create an environment where debate and discussion is very productive and you know truly avoid those conversations in meetings which we've all been in where people just talk for the sake of talking and and not really coming to the common ground or the outcome of the initial problem in the first place and we you know I can think of recently in the last few weeks having a few meetings where you kind of say to folks what what were we talking about again (laughs) what was this conversation about because it's almost like this this power and I don't I don't know if this is evolution or it's just the way we are as humans where we want to show our power don't we over others in terms of our knowledge base and Julia in her TED talk talks about a a psychiatrist and psychologist who did some research and they found that those who had intellectual humility tend to have more of a broader a broader sense of outcomes in terms of under you know being being able to understand people's rationale much better than other folks uh, and there's certain skills um, and, and, and characteristics in individuals who can do that really well. And I do think, actually, that, you know, as PR and communication leaders, some of us are very good at that. I think we're, we're very good at that negotiation, entering conversation, debate, coaching in the right way and helping to get to a, a solution without going into a full-blown argument, which I have to admit, I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you do go into, you know, you do have to catch yourself, right? And it's about checking in with yourself about, hang Mm -hmm. on a minute, hang on a minute, what am I trying to achieve from this conversation here? And why do I need to have this, you know, why do I need to enter this right now? And I used to say to my team when I worked in-house was, sometimes you have to lose a battle to win the war. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that is the case in some organisations that you do sometimes have to think, what is the outcome here? What is, what are we trying to achieve here? Do I need to enter this? Is it really that important to me? Or am I just being a bit selfish? With my outcome and what I want from this and are we you know do we need to be are we doing this for the greater good and we do and, and to be in that place you do need to be very self-aware of who you are as an individual and that's what I encourage folks to do is check in with who you are and what you're about and what's important to you and what isn't important to you and your values as well because all of this will interlink in, in some way which does kind of lead us quite nicely into top tip see what we did there <laughs> see what you did there Very, yeah I know so I want to go into tips because I think that I think there'll be some really good tips that people can take away so those people who are listening thinking you know I'm in this difficult situation where it's just my way or the highway what do you think these folks can do kick off with Trude go on Trudy top tip (laughs) I'm going to steal one from Buster Benson who wrote about productive disagreement and he said be willing to be wrong Uh, be excited even it means you'll be more right going forward and what I got from that was sometimes we 
when we address leaders, we, we need to be vulnerable ourselves and be open. And we have to ask questions. We have to, we have to step in with a good argument because we can't go in front of leadership with just a fluffy argument at all because that just doesn't work. But also on the flip side, remember that leaders are people too. They're not, you know, the person that you think is so imposing, so intimidating. Sometimes they just want a bit of honesty. And sometimes they haven't heard that for a long time, simply because people are so afraid of them. And they probably would appreciate somebody, even if that person isn't necessarily on their same level, somebody telling them the truth. In that, I think you also have to pick your moment because the worst thing would be to have that conversation in front of people that would embarrass that person. So if you're trying to influence somebody, the worst thing you could do is to raise the issue and share your opinion strongly in an environment where the person might feel threatened, might feel as if to say you're undermining them in any way. So, so, so based on that, it's picking your moment and also be prepared. You know, as I said before, think about what you really want to achieve. How are you going to come at that argument? What other tools are you going to bring to the conversation? What are the risks involved? You know, why would I stand and argue about this? There's a thing about, you know, you don't fight every single battle. Some battles you have to just back off. So is this one that you need to back off on? Or is this so important that you need to challenge? And if you're going to challenge, challenge properly. That's me, Dan. I don't know what more I can add to that, really. Um, oh, but I say too much. Give it a well. No, they were excellent. All of that. I was like, oh, there we go. This is the playbook from Trudy. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> There's a couple of things for me which are sort of linked to the 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 sort of you know how do you, if you're in this situation right now how do you how do you do it? And the first one of those is to really prep. So uh, I kind of touched on this before. You've got to make sure that if you're going into a difficult conversation. Try and find someone that knows that person and, and not to do a role play. I mean, I just hate that. If that's your jam, go for it. But I'm not. But, but even if it's this is sit down with someone, this is what I'm going to go in and say to them. Then that person might say, OK, well, this is what I would say back. And then you can kind of work things through a little bit to try and to try and see how that might play out, which can be quite a helpful exercise. We've talked about it a lot in terms of, you know, the the losing the battle to win the war kind of thing. And, and I remember um, an old colleague saying to me, is it a hill you want to die on? And that was always my phrase that stayed with me. And I think that's the one for, you know, it, we've said it a few times. You have to weigh that up because until someone said that to me, I tell you, every hill was a hill I was going to die on <laughs> every <laughs> single one. And then you have to go, "Is hang on a minute. Is this really worth it? Or have I got other things to be doing? So it's easy to get really caught up in the way of working and in, in the environment that you're in, that you just get so caught up in all of that, that it can kind of run away with you. So just having that moment to think and, and, and have that moment to reflect. The other is something that a previous head of people and development, Kate Simpson, I worked with her when I worked at Perigo, and I'll always remember working with Kate. And she talked about, she always said, the majority of people come with positive intent. And that was probably the one thing that I not the one thing I took away from working there. That was one of the big things I took away from working there because it, it, it has stayed with me forever, that comment that the majority of people come with positive intent. And, and if you can remember that, 
with any conversation you're having, then you're in a in a really good position to come into that conversation in the right headspace. That being said, there are people that are deliberately antagonistic. I know some of those people. I think I'm probably related to some of those people. <laughs> um, and, and you have to kind of, you know, you have to, you know, the smirky faces, you have to sort of know when someone's doing that. And then, and then you have to just say, look, this just isn't really worth my time. So I'm just going to walk away. There's no point in doing that. It's like a sport for them. And, and I think we have to recognize it. The only other thing I wanted to say was we've talked about kind of the different backgrounds and different values and different beliefs and bringing different people together and and our ability to really enjoy some of those conversations and debates and it's made me you know want to share some of the things about us three and and our different backgrounds and we do have you know some different beliefs and and different religions and different views on things and we've had those conversations and I think people sometimes think we just agree on everything and and just are all (laughs) jolly and laughing and having a good time and We've never, you know, we've never argued, nothing like that. But we have had some really good conversations and discussions about all sorts of things from religion to, to food to uh, to our perspectives on, you know, influence and manipulation and, and the media and, and lots of things. And I think that's testament to our relationship and our ability to do that. But it's also because we really enjoy discussion and debate and conversation and I think if you can find those people around you where it is a safe space to have those conversations and discussions and debates your relationships with them will absolutely thrive and I'm very grateful to to the two of you that we have that and I just think there's lots of things about us that people don't know that you know we are very different in lots of ways Um, that's true and I think that's just you know worth sharing oh definitely I you know I do I agree I think a lot of folks think because we have you know, I mean, don't like you said, we do uh, we do have similar values in terms of which is why we get along so well. But we're very good at having productive disagreements with each other. <laughs> yes, though. We, really we are. are to the point to the point where it doesn't feel like a disagreement. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, both of you have shared some. I mean, brilliant top tips there, and I hope uh, folks listening take that away with them. What I wanted just a couple of points from me was a couple of points that stood out from me from Julia's. TED Talk, actually, and she mentions a, a person called Brian Grazer, who is a Hollywood producer. And he, he's done, and I've Googled and I looked up Brian Grazer, and he, he speaks about this quite frequently. But he says that there's only, you know, when you're feeling like you're going into a really heated debate and a heated discussion and can feel your temperature rising, he says there's uh, one question, a uh, one sentence that you should really ask people, which is, I never thought about it exactly that way before. What can you share that would help me see what you see? And I actually, Ooh, I love I, that. I, like I that. love that. So I'll repeat, I'll do a Brené, I'll repeat. So I never thought about it exactly that way before. What can you share that would help me see what you see? And I tested this on, on a, a debate, a discussion that I was having with somebody. And I used that phrase and it immediately reduced attention in that conversation because they became more comfortable in this is not a debate or an argument this is now a discussion Mm. and I could see their body language changing their tone softened they started to explain the rationale behind their thinking and it's it's quite a powerful question and if you can ask that question in in any of those um, situations where you feel like your temperature is rising or the other person's temperature is rising you know to kind of deflate it a little bit it is that curious conversation it is keeping that curiosity alive in that in that debate or discussion that you're having, because if you don't have that curiosity and you're very, you know, we're all strong minded, all three of us, I would say we that we could turn into kind of like quite, you know, stubborn 
in our beliefs and then some of the stuff we say, which is why, you know, when Jenny said, we do have, this is why the three of us, I think, were quite open about having productive disagreements and because we all three of us are very curious. And if you are a curious individual and you do care about other people's viewpoints, and which is why I'm also very passionate about opening up your circle to allow different voices to enter that circle, and, and, and people who may not have the same political views as you or the same religious views as you and have different viewpoints, it can only enrich your knowledge further. And I think we all need to be quite open to that and, and, and remove ourselves at times from the echo chambers that we can often mm -hmm. find ourselves in, because that's where debate becomes quite intense when you think your view is the only view because you're so not used to having conversations with people who are different from you or have a different viewpoint. So just bear that in mind when you look at your kind of network in your circle and your community you know do you have different voices in there do you have different perspectives do you have different people from different places that can contribute and enrich your life a little bit more about certain topics that you may not know enough about or you think you know stuff about but you may get different viewpoints so those are my kind of couple of top tips to share uh, and I hope it was really helpful. Now I feel like I want to go off and have a really big argument with someone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> watch out, watch out. Watch out, watch everybody. Out. She's coming. Uh, watch out my Insta stories. Watch out. That's where I normally go in and let, let, let go of my kind of tension. But I really hope it was useful. I loved that chat. It was, it was great. It was good. It's it reminded yeah, me like of, it. of all the conversations and... And just, you know, the, it's coaching techniques, isn't it, as well? So much of it is is coaching techniques and bringing that forward. So yeah. a good topic could be to nicely yeah. chosen. Yeah, well chosen. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs>